It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, every single day during the weekday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, and also check us out on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all of the other fantastic podcasting platforms out there. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, where tomorrow is Friday, which means it's time for the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. To participate, you can either at me or DM me at Julian Council. But again, make sure to first click on that follow button at Julian Council on Twitter. I try to offer any sort of encouragement I can to the Carolina Panthers fan base during this 2022 offseason as Panther fans are, quite frankly, mad as hell that Matt Rule is still their head coach. I understand. 10 wins, 23 losses, two failed quarterback experiments, and just multiple times where you've just sat there and cringed listening to the man speak, whether it's been a press conference setting or on the radio And you want someone else. And I get that. But let me offer a level of encouragement for Carolina Panther fans. And I came into the thought when I saw this on Wednesday when the Carolina Panthers decided that they were going to promote director of player negotiations and salary cap manager Samir Suleiman to a higher front office position. They promoted him to the vice president of football administration. General manager Scott Fitterer said that he'll have an expanded role in budgeting and finance function of the football operation along with also having a expanded role in bringing in players and evaluating players for the Carolina Panthers at this point what I can tell you is trust in the front office not in the coach so let me say it again trust in the front office not in the coach look who's in the Carolina Panthers front office right now Scott Federer where did he spend 20 years at Seattle Spent 20 years in Seattle, a winning organization. Even before Pete Carroll got there and the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, when we go back to 2005, were a team that went to the Super Bowl, unfortunately, beating our Carolina Panthers in the NFC title game out there in Seattle. Quarterback by Matt Hasselbeck. Their head coach is Mike Holmgren, who was a fantastic coach back in his time with the Green Bay Packers. The Seahawks are a winning organization. That's where Scott Fitterer comes from. Look at Dan Morgan. Carolina Panthers, great, legendary Super Bowl performance in that loss against New England in Super Bowl 38. Where did he spend time as a general, as a assistant GM, and as a scout, as a director of player personnel in Seattle under Scott Fitterer, in Buffalo under Brandon Bean? 
two organizations, especially when you look at the Buffalo Bills and at what they've done to build that organization with Sean McDermott and Josh Allen at quarterback to where they look like they're going to dominate the AFC East for the foreseeable future. And it's going to be Allen versus Mahomes pretty much every year moving forward, unless Joe Burrow can have something to say about that or Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, a winning organization. That's where Dan Morgan comes from in his scouting background. Samir Suleiman spent eight years in Pittsburgh. That's why David Tepper knows him. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the beacon of success in the National Football League when you think about the beginning days of the National Football League and even now. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Pat Stewart came from Philadelphia, who's not very far removed from winning a Super Bowl. The Eagles have success. Matt Allen grew up in his organization here in Carolina, learning from guys like Brandon Bean and being in the same building as Joe Shane, who's now the general manager of the New York Giants. Dave Gettleman had success here in Carolina. You might not like how things ended and how he might have treated people, but he had success in Carolina. And even Marty Herney, at a period of time, or at a point in time, had success as a general manager in Carolina, even though overall the record is unacceptable, and he probably should have never been giving, given a second opportunity. So those names, Scott Fitterer came from Seattle. Dan Morgan was in Seattle, went to Buffalo. Samir Suleiman came from Pittsburgh. Pat Stewart came from Philadelphia, not far removed from a Super Bowl. And Matt Allen, who is Jerry Richardson's grandson, worked his way to the point to where he is an integral part of this front office staff. The Carolina Panthers front office is in a better position than I think it's ever been before. I gave David Tepper credit for fixing the business side and being patient with the football side. I give him a ton of credit for what he's done with that front office. Now, the issue, though, is the head coach. Because from a front office standpoint, I'm bullish on a Carolina Panthers' long-term prognosis and their ability to have that sustained success with these guys calling the shots. At the very least, when you look at things... They might have two future GMs right on, who are on the staff right now. Fitter is already one. Dan Morgan will certainly get opportunities if the Panthers are able to win in the future with his time having been spent in Seattle, then in Buffalo. And if Carolina can win, that'd be three winning organizations he could have been a part of. Samir Suleiman coming from Pittsburgh, a winning organization and coming down here. And if you read Kevin Clark from The Ringer, had a fantastic article talking about the NFL's hiring practices and how stale it is and looking at general manager candidates and the guys who actually come from the cap and analytical side of things like Suleiman actually have more success as GMs than guys like Scott Fitterer and Dan Morgan who come from the scouting part of it. But I think Suleiman will get an opportunity in looking at the promotion that he got to vice president of football administration leads you to believe the Carolina Panthers also know that Samir Suleiman will be a name to look at. Jonathan Jones, former Charlotte Observer, beat reporter for the Carolina Panthers, recovering the Carolina Panthers, now with CBS Sports, formerly of Sports Illustrated as well. He annually puts out a list, about 40 names of general manager candidates, and I think the last two years, he's had Dan Morgan and Samir Suleiman up there. Multiple guys in his front office who have the chance to be a GM one day, depending on the situation here in Carolina. But again, it comes down to the head coach. Is Matt Rule the answer? I don't know. I hope so. I'm not necessarily showing blind faith right now. I'm just trying to exercise a measure of patience and want to buy into might be 
spool that David Tepper gave us a couple years ago when he talked about having a couple years of agony and pain for long-term success and Rome not being built in a day. Y'all can be mad about the head coach, but when you take a closer look at the front office situation that we have here in Carolina, that is something to point to and think that there will be brighter days in the future. My hope is that Rule steps away in terms of deciding who's on the roster and let's Fitterer, let's Morgan, let's Suleiman, let's Stewart, and let's Allen and all the scouts do their job and bring in players who can help elevate this Carolina Panthers organization. That's my hope. So there's some uh, confidence for you, at least something positive for you here on a Thursday. All right, let's take a look again at the outlook of the NFC South now that Sean Payton has retired. Tom Brady might be on his way out. I am now wondering, I talked about it, the Carolina Panthers need to find their own Joe Burrow. The Carolina Panthers would be in a better position had they found a quarterback. Where would the Carolina Panthers be, though? Had they taken Justin Fields or Mac Jones in terms of their 2022 outlook and the outlook going into this offseason? I'll talk about that here in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. All of that coming in cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering for the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.com/clwater. I don't want to pour salt into the wound here in Carolina as y'all are mad and I'm not necessarily pleased either because when the Panthers lose and they're bad, less people listen to the podcast, less people want to interact, and everyone's just in all a crotchety, ornery mood, and I don't want to do that again in 2022. I want to be happy. I want there to be sunshine and rainbows and cupcakes and all the great things that we have in life. I want W's. I want, not talk about Bush either, but you know, W. Bush, whatever. Um, Weird. I don't know why he brought that up. Either way, I want wins. I want winners. To quote Mike Singletary, I want winners. I want to go to the playoffs. I want all of that to happen this season in Carolina. And I'm of the opinion, and I'll put this out there, I'm sure, down the road, that the Carolina Panthers need to be a playoff team in 2022. I don't care who's coaching the team. This is the opportunity. 
This was a year where the Carolina Panthers needed to be a playoff team. I was cool with it. All right, you get rid of Ron Rivera. He's been here for nine years. Typically, you get to that point in time, it's time to move on. I also believe that Cam stayed healthy and had Rivera and the training staff, as we found out, guys like Ryan Vermillion, who had the feds roll up in him, roll up on him when he is in D.C., really botched things. According to Graham Gano, really, it cost him a season. So you wonder that training staff that you have here in Carolina, how much that may have affected Cam Newton's career. Also not having enough weapons around him and the protection and all that kind of stuff. But still, I was cool with it. Cam, all right, I didn't like the way they did it. I would have rather given him another year. But I understood that once David Tepper came here, that things were eventually going to change when it came to the Carolina Panthers, that he was going to want to mold the Carolina Panthers into his own image, that we're no longer going to be the mom-and-pop shop off of Highway 9 in South Carolina, that they're going to turn into a Fortune 500-type Wall Street business there in New York City. That's what we were going to be. That's how they're going to start operating the Carolina Panthers. And certainly on the business side, we've seen that. I just went over on the general manager and front office side. We've seen that. Coaching-wise, we haven't quite gotten there yet. And personnel-wise, I don't think that we're there yet either. But I was cool with having the new age Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Panthers 2.0 in the practice facility down in Rock Hill. And eventually we'll get a new stadium that I'm going to have to pay for because I'm a citizen of this city in Mecklenburg County. And I'm ticked off that I have to do that. And I want to hear from anyone who doesn't live in Charlotte about how much they want a stadium because it's not going to cost them a dime. And they're also probably not going to be coming to any of the games. But I digress. One thing I'm not cool with, though, is where they sit in terms of the quarterback position, especially when you look at how the NFC South is in flux. I talked about it yesterday. I saw Darren Gann on Panthers.com talked about it. Joe Persons talked about it. Many people have brought up how this is the opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to be able to break through. The door is ajar. Will they walk through? I don't know. And had they decided either of these past off seasons to draft a quarterback, our outlook and perspective would be so much different. I've said this before. When they got rid of Cam Newton, so be it. You're worried about the health situation. You don't might you might not like him. You don't think long term he's the right guy. Matt Rule might have been intimidated by Cam Newton, something that Cam has said. Whatever. But you're gonna do that. You have to give this fan base a young quarterback to get behind. Give them someone to put their hopes and dreams into. You didn't do that with Teddy Bridgewater because we always knew from day one he would be a bridge quarterback to the future. You punted on that after a year because the owner has no patience after he told the fans and basically scolded them saying that they need to have patience throughout this process. Practice what you preach, David Tepper. You bring in Sam Darnold. Only a fool would believe that Sam Darnold was going to be any good after three terrible years in New York. I don't care who he had there. The guy can't play. And we found that out. That's one of the biggest mistakes Carolina Panthers have made, not giving this fan base someone they could put their hopes and dreams into. Because the difference between Matt Rule's first two years and Ron Rivera's outside of Rivera winning 13 games and Rule only winning 10 games is the fact that Rivera had a quarterback in Cam Newton who the fan base could point to and say, that guy is going to bring us to better days. Where right now, who can you point to and say that about? No one. I mean, Brian Burns, that's great. The defense that they have with Derrick Brown and there's J.C. Horn. Like, there's young studs on the defense who you can build a foundation around. 
DJ Moore, you hope to do that offensively. Moten, they've invested in. Hopefully, they can find someone else on the offensive line to invest in. And Christian McCaffrey, they've invested in. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. There are pieces. But the one piece that you need is a quarterback. And I sit here and I wonder now, had the Carolina Panthers drafted Justin Fields or Mac Jones, are we having a different conversation? Are we basically dancing in the streets here in Charlotte, wherever you may be, and thinking like, hey, ding dong, the witch is dead. Sean Payton's gone. Tom Brady might mercifully finally leave. This could be our division. And the Falcons again are the Falcons. But instead, we're having the conversation of, well, more pressure on Matt Rule. Yeah, the division's in flux, but the offensive line can't block anybody. There's no quarterback. The cap situation is not good enough to go out there and get a quarterback. They don't have only have one pick in the first 100 draft picks. That's the conversation. But had they taken Justin Fields, who, mind you, I was not on board with that after they traded for Sam Darnold because it's like, well, what's the point? Why did you waste those picks, which I always knew were going to be a waste because I told you day one he couldn't play. Why would you waste those picks and then go draft another quarterback? Because once they gave up the assets to Sam Darnold, they had to pick up the fifth-year option. It only made it, it only made sense to do so because why are you going to give up three picks for a player, not pick up the first-year option, and then move off of them after a year? At the very least, have them on the roster to be a backup like they're going to have them for this season. Or, you know, maybe they would have got struck gold and figured things out. The gamble didn't work out. It was never really a gamble. It was always a bad bet. Either way... Things would be different if they had Fields or Jones. And I really think Justin Fields would have been the one that would have galvanized people. You look at Chicago, while everyone was ready to get rid of Matt Nagy and they kind of like didn't really care whether they were any good this year. The only thing that mattered in Chicago this year was, hey, we got Justin Fields. Let's see the kid play, which they didn't play him enough or whatever, whether he was ready or not. I don't know. But they have him. Now they have a new coach coming in and there's excitement. We're here in Carolina. Less so. So there's just a thought as we continue to take a a look at the NFC South and really the overall state of the NFC with all the changes set to come here over the next couple weeks during the 2022 offseason. All right, so that's going to be it for me today. Only two segments of the show because on the other side, you're going to hear a preview of this weekend's Championship Sunday in the NFL, Locked On NFL has a nice little preview segment. They wanted us to play it here on the show today, so you're going to hear that here in just a moment. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as Championship Sunday is ahead of us this weekend. BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year, which means a new updated desktop and mobile website, so sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From the NFL to college basketball, the NBA, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Coming up, Championship Sunday is just days away, and we've got to punch two tickets to the Super Bowl. Who will serve as the reigning AFC and NFC champions for the year to come? We'll find out what each team still standing needs to do to earn a conference title on Locked On Now NFL. The biggest game, the best performances, expert analysis. You are locked on now. You're listening to Locked On Now NFL, local experts on the biggest stories throughout the NFL. I'm your host, Kim Becker, and thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every weekday. Our Locked On NFL hosts are here to look ahead to the NFC and AFC championship games. Let's start where these teams are trying to get to Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. They will host the Super Bowl in two weeks, but first, the Rams have to host the 49ers for the NFC crown. The biggest game. San Francisco 49ers fans don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will be their starting quarterback next season, but they do know that he'll be under center to try to win his second NFC championship game in three years against the Rams on Sunday. With a chance to remain undefeated against the NFC in the postseason, our Locked On 49ers host says the key to a San Francisco victory is Jimmy G not making the big mistakes that could cost the Niners the whole game. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker, and I am one half of the Locked On 49ers crew here to give you your 49ers main key to victory as they travel to Levi South and take on the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. All right. I, I think this, this game, it begins and ends with the play of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if I had to give just one main key victory here, it's Jimmy G, don't turn the ball over. And if you do, just limit it. So right now, 49ers, the way I see it, Jimmy G, one turnover. That's all we're giving you, just one. Anything more than that, it would be trouble for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's going to do it, man. I hope you guys appreciate that. Make sure you guys listen to our show as well, Locked On 49ers, the best show on the Locked On Network podcast. Let's go, 49ers, win this game this Sunday. Matthew Stafford picked up his first playoff win just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's a win away from playing the biggest football game on the planet in the Rams' home stadium. Our Locked On Rams host tells you how L.A. gets the veteran QB to the Super Bowl he's chased for 12 whole seasons. Hey, it's Travis Rogers from Locked On Rams. So here is the one key to victory this weekend for the Rams in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. Remember when you used to play with matches as a kid and maybe you'd get away with it once in a while and a couple of weeks, months, years later, you realize how bad of an idea that was that you could have burned the whole house down? That was the Rams in Tampa against the Bucks. They were playing with matches. They turned it over way too many times. Four turnovers in that game. Somehow they escaped. Somehow they beat Tom Brady despite turning it over four different times. If they're going to beat the Niners, they simply cannot do that. They might be able to get away with one. Two is probably the end of the wrap. And anything more than that, it is absolutely not going to happen for you there. 
You can check out more about the Los Angeles Rams on my podcast, Locked on Rams, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It is free and available on all platforms, your team, every day. The Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals just a few weeks ago at the end of the regular season, and since he won. So how do the Chiefs make sure that that doesn't happen again with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line? Our Locked on Chiefs says a combination of learning from the mistakes of that game and keeping the momentum going from last week will add up to a big win. But he has more on the details. The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs defense and its staff learn its lesson from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthews should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust, and you have to play over the top, and you have to try to take Chase and limit him. Not take him away, because then you're devoting too many other resources to that, and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that, and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe Burrow took a beating last week as he fought his way into the AFC Championship game. And while Cincinnati does already have a win against Kansas City under its belt this season, our Locked On Bengals host says that the team can't get a second one if it doesn't keep its quarterback on his feet. Will the Bengals take down the Chiefs on Sunday in Kansas City in advance to the Super Bowl? Hi again, everyone. I'm James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And that is the question going into this epic AFC championship game between two teams that played each other this month. They played each other on January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium. The Bengals came out victorious 34-31, to overcoming three different 14-point deficits. I expect Sunday to be a different story. The Bengals can't fall behind against this Chiefs team by two scores and expect a rally on the road. But the number one key, protect Joe Burrow. Burrow was sacked nine times last week against the Titans. He was hit 13 times. And yeah, the offense had 19 points. Well, 19 points isn't going to cut it against Patrick Mahomes. The magic number, 40. If they can somehow get to 40, you feel good about their chances. How do they do that? They keep Joe Burrow upright. If they do that, he can distribute the ball to all of his weapons, including Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. And the Bengals just might sneak in to the Super Bowl. For more, make sure you check out the free and the only Daily Bengals podcast, Locked On Bengals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That's a wrap for us here. Thanks so much for making Locked On Now your first listen every day. For more on the National Football League and your team, make your second listen, Locked On NFL and your team's Locked On podcast. I'm Kim Becker. This has been Locked On Now, Locked On your team every day. Awesome breakdown there from the guys over at Locked On NFL ahead of this weekend's championship Sunday, starting off on Sunday afternoon in Kansas City, the AFC title game, the Lamar Hunt Trophy on the line as the Kansas City Chiefs try to take it home once again, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Joe Burrow, he's been awesome. Can he get it done on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs after that miracle comeback win against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in an instant classic? Then the nightcap over at SoFi Stadium, where the Super Bowl will be in a couple weeks. The Los Angeles Rams could become the second straight team to host the Super Bowl and play in the Super Bowl. But San Francisco, Jimmy G, all he does is win, have found a way the last six times to knock off the Los Angeles Rams. Cannot wait to see what happens in the NFC Championship game there on Sunday evening. That's it for me here on Locked On Panthers today. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And also to check us out over on Spotify and all the other excellent podcasting platforms available to you on the interwebs. Tomorrow's Friday. That means you need to follow me on Twitter and then at me on Twitter at Julian Council or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. So please get those into me now so I can answer your questions on Friday. Already got a couple of them. Looking forward to getting to those on tomorrow's show. In the meantime... Take care, enjoy your Thursday, be safe, and I will talk to y'all on Friday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.